Hello there and welcome along to episode 97 of the podcast and today someone who's heading to her 7th games. Yes, a remarkable 7. It's Mark Shardlow here, thanks for listening with 10 minutes of daily chat on Olympics and Paralympics. Now it's incredible to think that today's guests' first games were in 1988 in South Korea. That was the time of Ben Johnson and Flojo and for Britain, men's hockey gold. Well, the Paralympics were in the same city of Seoul, and that hadn't been the case for 24 years. In fact, Paralympics as a term was only being used officially for the first time. Jeanette Chippington was there as a swimmer, and she did that for five consecutive games, winning two golds, four silvers and six bronzes. After a short break, she re-emerged in paracanoe, a sport she's dominated, with world championship wins aplenty and, on its introduction to the Paralympics in Rio five years ago, a gold. Well, I met Jeanette at the team announcement ceremony on the banks of a noisy lake on the outskirts of Nottingham. It's really quite emotional, actually, you know, that that sort of team announcement and, uh, yeah, really special. Because this is going to be, it's incredible, isn't it, your seventh games yeah yeah i know and the thing is the excitement is just the same as if it was my first games and yeah it's um i feel so honored though to have been selected every single games it's been immensely hard to qualify uh it, it you know it's never easy so i'm you know i'm just so proud of myself to have, have yeah made an, another games in my seventh games does it get easier or does it get harder um, good question. I wouldn't say it gets easier and I wouldn't say it gets harder. Um, as I say, every well, every time it's been so hard. You know, um, when I was swimming, I'd had to have done a, a personal best time to, to have made the qualifying standards. And, and equally this time round, it's just, just as hard. To have been involved in Paralympic sport for so long, it must mean that the sport means a lot to you. Yeah, I mean, I just love, I love the training. I love that sort of, that commitment side. Um, you know, working with my coach, that's the, the really sort of, that's the day-to-day -day stuff. And you couldn't do that if you didn't enjoy it. But then equally, when it comes around to a games, it's like, wow, this is just, it's another level up. And um, it does just kind of hit you. and. and as I say, really choke you that you think, oh my God, you know, another Games. And there, it's gonna, every single Games I've been to has been different. This one will be different, will be really special. And just being part of that, again, uh, is absolutely incredible. Just to say, the racket is the starting gate and the little boat that's trundling up and down here, isn't it making an awful lot of noise? Um, I wonder uh, what Tokyo, I mean, it's been five years, has it been a tougher, a cycle because of all the uncertainties this time? I think before we went into lockdown, before the Games was postponed, that was hard because of the uncertainty and um, we were still training and we were going into lockdown and that, that was really hard. Uh, once the Games was postponed, actually that time the stress levels were able to sort of come down a bit. By then we knew we weren't going to get any competition so we actually could change our, our, our training and uh, it's the first time that we've ever gone through sort of the summertime 
without competition. So we were able to slightly adjust our, our training um, and be more flexible. So actually, I think it's, had, it's, it's been a big help. On a personal level, it's been a difficult year. Your father died from COVID, is that he, right? He did, yeah. Um, and that was, oh, it, it was just so, so tough. And it was right at the beginning of um, when COVID first hit. So it was just, it, it was awful really. Um, not being able to go and see him. Um, you know, the funeral, there was only eight of us that were able to go. Um, I think one of the things that helped was that we had, all the family were at home. But, you know, I do sort of think, mm, you know, once we come out all of this, will it sort of hit me sort of, you know, and, and that grieving process, you know, I've never kind of really been through that before. So you do get waves and you do get moments when it really hits you and it'd be hard because my mum and my dad came out to every single games, every single games. Um, and in some ways, the fact that we're not allowed any spectators maybe makes it a bit easier that they couldn't have been there anyway. Yes, I was going to ask what, what part your parents have played in, in your journey in para sport. Oh, gosh, I, I couldn't have, I especially couldn't have done it without my mum and dad. Um, the times, you know, the early days when I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning, um, going swimming, you know, and I couldn't drive. I was, you know, only sort of 16 or, you know, 15. And, you know, so they, that huge commitment that they put in, they came out and watched every single games, every single competition. Um, but they were just always there. They weren't pushy parents at all, but there was just always that support there. And then, you know, when then went on, you know, with sort of the rest of my family, my husband and my children. And, and I mean, one of my special moments that will, you know, be with me forever was the fact that my, my mum and my dad came out to Rio and were able to watch me get that, that gold medal. And, uh, you know, now that just makes that even more special. They were special games, weren't they? Really special games yeah. at it's, Rio. It's funny because up until Rio, um, I, I never had a favourite game, so there was always something that was different about the game, so that made that game special. Um, and then Rio was just, it just was complete, I don't know, there was something about the atmosphere and everything. It wasn't trying to be something it wasn't, and it just naturally evolved and was, it was just a wonderful game, it really was. And this sport, para-canoe, I mean, you've, you've really smashed it, haven't you, since sort of taking it up? Uh, before Rio and what's the secret? I would say you have to enjoy what you're doing and it and for me it isn't all about the sort of the medal success um, you know there's other success that comes with it and just even just you can be out on the water and the sun will be shining and like this time of year it's so special because you've got the little you know the baby ducklings and that and and just having a really good rapport with your coach because you probably see your coach more than you do your family. Um, and I think recognising what a privileged opportunity I have every day. And I think that's one thing I try, I try to do. I maybe don't achieve it every day, but just take a moment and think how lucky I am to, to be doing what I'm doing and, and enjoy so much. And with the next games only three years away, are you, you're going to carry on? Um, do you know, I will wait and see how Tokyo goes. Um, 
I would never say no. I mean, after Rio, it was like, right, I think that'd be, you know, in, mentally I was thinking, oh, that might be the last one. Um, and then just, again, I kept, I was successful. So, um, again, you know, such a, who wouldn't want to be doing this? Exactly. So, um, if that opportunity was there for me to carry on, then um, I would seriously consider it. Yeah, and I think three years of psychologically it does seem a lot closer than it four, does. doesn't it? I know. Yeah. In the air. Well, fantastic to see you down here because you train solo, really. You don't train with the rest of the guys, do you? No. So it must be nice to catch up now. It, it is. It is. It's really weird because everybody was like so pleased to see me, and it doesn't seem like I don't know a year and a half since I've been able to see the guys. Um, but you know, I mean. The, the joys of uh, Zoom and that, it seems like I only saw them yesterday. And uh, but they're such a great bunch that they're, you know, whenever I do come up, um, they were, yeah, it always make me so welcome and that. But, you know, I'm very fortunate to be able to train down at Dorney. You know, it's a fantastic venue down there. So, uh, and, you know, it means that I'm able to then be with my family. Um, and it makes everyday training more sustainable that I'm I'm close to home. Brilliant well look um, it's so close now I mean there's been so many uncertainties over the last uh, few months but it feels like it's in touching distance now so yeah congratulations for making the team yet again and enjoy number seven. Yes thank you thank you. That's Jeanette Chippington off to Paralympics number seven with the GB para canoe team and congratulations to all of those named on the team in the announcement. That's just about it for me today. I uh, just want to say that I'm making these podcasts to not only shine a light on the Olympians and Paralympians hoping to go to Tokyo this summer, but also to raise awareness for Maggie's Cancer Centres, who do an amazing job. And if you'd like to make a donation, similar to buy me a coffee or offer me a tip for making these podcasts, then you can go to Destination Tokyo's show notes and you'll find the details there, or go to justgiving.com and search for Destination Tokyo. That's it then for episode 97, back again with more tomorrow.